0: Hello and welcome to the Foxy Property Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Shorter, and I see it as my job to interview other successful home staging business owners so that we can learn all sorts of tips and strategies and mindsets that we can then apply in our own business. Today's guest is Natalie Evans, the founder of Little Barn Door, which is, was sorry, launched in late 2018 in the UK. Uh, Along with running her business, which has grown quite significantly in the past 12 months in particular, Natalie is also a founding member of the Home Staging Association UK and Ireland. Uh, In this chat, Natalie spoke about, among other things, how the first few months were quite tough uh, and what it actually took to win that first piece of staging work. And then we also talk a lot about building a team around you um, to scale your business and hire for some of the things that you either don't enjoy doing or uh, aren't as good at. Um, And that's something that we think a lot about here at Foxy, so I was quite interested in that one. Uh, So without further ado, let's dive straight into this chat with Natalie Evans.
1: Hello, Natalie. Welcome to the show.
2: Hi, good. Well, it's, like, it's morning here. Good
1: morning. I, I was going to say good morning, but then it's not morning for me. So it's it's one of those <laughs> time differences. But uh, well, look, it's, it's my end of the day, your beginning of the day. So if um, I sound like I'm tired, I probably am and you'll be bright and ready to go.
2: Absolutely. That's fine. <laughs> Make this work.
1: Perfect. Um, so, I want to kind of start right at the beginning, uh, as I like to do with these, kind of get a bit of an idea of your journey in the industry, which, um, as I mentioned in the introduction, has been you know, relatively recent. Um, 20, late 2018, um, I think you started Little Barn Door. What were yeah. you doing, though, before we get into that? What were you doing before you entered the home staging industry?
2: Yeah, so my career background is actually nothing to do with interior design, art, property or anything. Um, My career has always been within an HR, so human relations background um, and human resources background, um, progressing to kind of quite a senior management level within that career path. in my core, I've always had a real interest in um, in property, but more the story behind the property rather than the design side. So just generally, like how people use their spaces, what is someone's story, when do they start their day, what are their jobs, who comes round and where do they sit and how do they enjoy their home? Um, and just by having that general curiosity and interest, I myself kind of have just enjoyed... of designing and creating things within my home. Um, And it wasn't really until we had put our family property to go on the market back in, I think it was 2016, um, that I started to think through how am I going to effectively make sure that my home stands out to sell. And that was the first kind of nugget of, is there something here? Um, So from then, we kind of sold our property very, very quickly. It sold within hours of being on Rightmove, which is um, kind of a, a big online portal here in the UK. I'm not sure if it's international, um, but it um, the estate agent at the time commented that actually it was one of the fastest properties they've sold. It was one of the most easiest to photograph. And at that point, I thought, well, actually, why was that? What did I do that was different to other people? Um and there, I just started a bit of a research journey. To be honest, I've never heard of home staging, um, and at the time, I thought the career path was a cleaner or a housekeeper. I thought that it was a cleaning position to support people to go on the market. Um, and only from speaking to kind of property photographers and doing all sorts of research on Google about property presentation, did I stumble across the phrase home staging, and then it all started.
1: And so, I mean, there's a couple of questions there already. I'm going to go down all these rabbit holes. But um, that kind of decision, though, uh, because, you know, having an interest in doing better research and learning more and more about it, I understand that. That decision, though, to, as you said, you kind of reached quite a successful level in your previous career. How do you go about going from that to, you know, I'm going to put that to one side and I'm going to start my own business in this completely unrelated industry? How do you get to that point?
2: Yeah, it was a huge decision to make. Um, so I had actually been on maternity leave with my third little one. Um, and at that point, I thought, you know what? I've got two choices. Either I can go back to a career that I'm great at, but am maybe not passionate about, or now is the time, and now is the only time, really, that I will have the opportunity to kind of start building something that is in my core. And I think having had the business foundations from my career really gave me the kind of strategic side and the business side that I needed to make the right steps to start my business
1: it's um it's interesting because I can see some similarities in the way that Foxy um was started for us as well because my my wife Phoebe and I are the um I guess the the co-founders um, she's the styling side and I'm definitely not uh, the styling side I'm a, I'm kind of lots of other things, business and uh, finance and marketing and that sort of thing is where my interests lie. But um, Foxy was basically started similar to, to you in the sense that it was while she was on um, maternity leave, uh, coming back or, or looking um, forward over the next couple of months at potentially going back to work. And she she just wasn't passionate about the workplace that she worked in and yeah. she loved the job, but she didn't necessarily love the the future that was in it and the way the way that it was going and what she saw herself um kind of down the track and we kind of just said you know the the way that you said it actually really kind of caught my attention where you said it was the perfect it wasn't only a good time it was really the only time and that's probably right for us as well it was one of those things that if we don't do it now you're going to go back to work and we're never going to do it
2: that's it once you get back into your full-time job that actually you're very good at and you're progressing well within and it's, it's something that's been comfortable and you've been doing it for a long time it's very difficult to then take the plunge
1: yep absolutely um and the other one that was interesting the other thing you mentioned was uh and i, I don't think this is uncommon but it's probably not as common um as you know the starting point for most people in this industry um, <laughs> which is that you didn't have the styling or the interior design or that sort of background um and i think a lot of people come into this industry With a passion for that or um, some sort of background in interior design or at least you know from the outside people who don't know the industry or or haven't looked under the kind of covers as much look at it as this very glamorous sort of industry where it's all about you know the styling and making these beautiful photos and those sort of things but um, you know I like or I'm interested in the fact that you didn't have any of that. Um, Yeah. You know a couple of years on now though I'd be interested to know how you think of yourself in this industry. Are you, you know, I guess, how would you describe your role? Are you a stylist? Are you a business owner? How do you kind of think about that? Yeah,
2: it? I, I'm absolutely not a stylist. Um, I would say that I, so I'm, I'm definitely a business owner. So starting the business, I kind of did everything. Um, so that did involve a lot of styling and I love styling and I am, I am very good at what I do from a staging and a styling perspective. So if you put me on an in-store day... I do a great job and I'm very good at what I do. However, in my core, I see what I do as um, as a marketing tool rather than a styling tool. Um, so I have people within my team now who are exceptional at doing the installs and exceptional at doing the styling side. But what I do is I really drive them to make sure that what we're doing is getting properties ready to have an effective sale rather than just look great. So I always say to people, our properties don't just look great. They actually sell exceptionally because the core of our business is that everything that we do has the end result of selling the property. So my role within my business is to make sure that whilst, yes, we we are working with beautiful materials and cushions and plants and you name it, and our barn just it's full of wonderful treasures. Ultimately, everything that is selected in our business has the intention of selling a property.
1: Yep, I love that. And as the non-stylist in my team, uh, that's kind of how I see things as well, which doesn't diminish that side of it, but uh, it's not something that I fully uh, understand, I, I guess you would yeah. say. Um, yeah,
2: don't, sorry, don't don't get me wrong. Like, I love a styling day. I love being creative, and ultimately that that's what made me kind of step in was because I enjoyed exploring my creative flair but in essence there are people who are an awful lot better at styling than me but what I'm exceptional at is driving my business.
1: I think it's good to find that balance which is what a lot of people who are going it by themselves potentially have issues with or or not issues but maybe it's a little bit more of a struggle when it's one person kind of running the business and doing everything uh it can be hard if you know you want you you lean more from either the styling side or the business side it's like like i said it's kind of important to get that balance i think
2: yeah and goodness starting a home staging business on your own so that first period i think it was i think it was about 18 months before i brought in my first team member um so for the first 18 months i did everything single-handedly from stripping wallpaper to pulling up floor to driving vans to setting up our inventory to moving things from the warehouse onto the van into properties building the furniture doing the styling taking the photos not to mention the behind the scenes running the business and man that can be lonely and it can be so so very hard and um there are so many rewards to working within our industry and kind of seeing the transformations and seeing the changes on people's lives but for everybody kind of starting on this journey on their own where you can build unity with somebody else who is kind mm. of on the same journey as you because you everybody needs somebody to celebrate its successes with and celebrate their. yeah
1: yep. Great advice. Um, and, and I guess I wanted to actually, a little bit of a follow-up question, you mentioned you didn't have that first hire until around the 18-month mark. Um, I've heard you speak previously as well about that first couple of months from when you you know officially started the business until you got that first piece of work and kind of the, the difficulty in, in getting just that first job. Um, so, I kind of wanted to, I guess, get your experience from that regard. What, um, you know, how what was the timing like? How long did it take you to get that first piece of work? What did you do um, to actually, you know, try and get that work? Uh, what was your experience like?
2: Yeah, so I started, we launched our business. Well, I had, is a bit of a, a funny story, my husband actually um, registered the limited company for my birthday. Um, so it had been something I've been talking about doing for a really, really long time. He just said, hey, Natalie, like now is the time. You just need to jump in and do it because it's now or never so we we got the linted company in um in the december and by january i was ready i was registered with the home staging association i had done my training um and i was ready to, to really start going out and educating the world uh, naively thinking that just knocking on a few doors i would just have business kind of coming my way uh, and the first six hard. They were very, very hard and they required a significant amount of perseverance. Um, And I spent a lot of time going back to really old, like really old school sales techniques to be able to build a reputation within our local area. So whilst the kind of the end dream for, for us was to kind of cover the whole of the UK. Um, we kind of, I started kind of on just our local level um, and literally was walking to our local estate agents, um, dropping off flyers, just checking in, calling them regularly just so they started to remember my name. Um, every single for sale board that went up um, on a journey, kind of on the walk to school or walk to the shops or wherever I was going, every single property that had a board received a flyer and a follow-up flyer. And I just had to be really religious, really kind of structured and really persistent with sending out all of our details. Um, And maybe for the first four months, I had nothing. Like there was nothing came in at all. No interest. Um, In the UK, even just going back to two years ago, there was next to no kind of in our area, there was no interest, no knowledge in home staging at all. So I'd go into our local estate agents, really give them a really excited sales pitch because I was really excited. I was new on this journey, like listen to this amazing new venture that I've set up that's going to change people's lives. And the estate agent would just look at me and would just say, yeah, I'm not interested. Thank you very much. And I'd just walk out. And there were points where I thought, if even the people who should be interested in using stages aren't interested like how am I going to make this work um and that went on for a very long time until I got my first job come through Um, and that was a complete turning point for the whole business And what
1: would you, I mean, if you were to, I think I can probably pull out a couple of things from what you've just said, but if you were to give one piece of advice um, to say a new stager or somebody kind of struggling in that early period, because it is a question that I see come up quite often in, um, you know, different Facebook groups with stages and people who are kind of struggling to get that work in the door, what's the one piece of advice you'd give them?
2: So yeah, perseverance is probably the main one, but that's probably the one that everybody would give. My biggest, biggest piece of advice that I don't hear many people sharing is to remember that just because you are thinking about somebody, so just because a certain estate agent is in your mind, doesn't mean they're going to remember who you are. So always continue to put your name and your brand in front of them through lots of different channels so that they will remember your name because just because you're thinking about them and just because you know that they have your target clients doesn't mean they know who you are.
1: I love that advice. I think that's, I mean, when we were starting out, one of the things that we did was, you know, Cold call calls, essentially phoning agents, um, and for us it was you know when we when people ask us about those cold call calls and what you what we did or what we said and what they can do, my advice is always don't be the the salesy person because these people are salesmen salesmen themselves. You know they they do calls and cold call calls. To potential clients all the time and they're used to these sort of conversations I didn't want to be salesy I didn't want them to put barriers up to start with at the end of the day our one objective with any sort of well cold calls but also any other sort of interaction whether it was emails or comments on um, social media or anything like that was literally I want them to hear my name or see my name because if it happens enough times there'll be a point when they might need me and I'll be top of their mind and I'll I'll be the one that they come to.
2: Absolutely. It's exploring the, the, the different ways that you can get in front of them. So I've got my car is branded, we're heavy on social media, we use a few different social media channels, um, depending on which brand we're communicating to and which target client we're communicating to. Leaflets, um, word of mouth, it's getting your brand out across lots of different mediums so that kind of, it's really powerful. They're seeing you through lots of different ways. And by having your name out through all these different channels, you have a stronger reputation rather than just being kind of that home staging business on Instagram.
1: And I think the other thing to remember is that, I don't know if it's a perception thing or people think that um, if I call an agent or I call enough of them, that I will eventually get somebody who says, okay, great, let's do this job and I'll get work out of immediately. And I think that almost never happens. Um, I think it's more that you just need to put yourself in a position that when an agent or, um, somebody who's close to an agent does need a staging service that they already know about you. You know what I mean? It's, It's not, I don't, we've had a couple, I mean, the, the, the best that we've actually done from cold calling, um, In an immediate sense is we might have gotten you know a a quote or two a quote request or two out of it because we just happened to get lucky that that exact time was when they needed something done but almost all of them said great you know send me some information or thanks for the call i'll keep you in mind and most of those might not have called back but a lot of them do you know a month later two months six months who knows how long
2: Yeah, exactly. And I was in a clubhouse room yesterday um, and somebody asked a similar question about sales calls and how to make them most effective. And a piece of advice that I gave to them was to, and this kind of, leads really well from your point of being like, don't be salesy, be really authentic and be you um, and take lots and lots and lots of notes about that person that you're speaking to. So for example, if they mention the name of a child or they're going somewhere on holiday or they've got a squeaky chair that they kind of comment that they're sat on, bring it up in the next conversation with them um, because then that way... They know that they're not just another cold call that you're kind of just the next one on the list. They start to then feel special because you remember them. And that starts to build the relationship. It's all about building those trusted relationships because they're business from. Yep.
1: Well said. Um, moving on a little bit, like I said, uh, you've been in business a little over two years now, um, or nearly, yeah, two, two and a bit. You said December 2018, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, so give us a little bit of context on where the business is at now. Uh, any numbers that you're able to share, things like employees, you know, number of houses, stage facilities, anything like that? Yeah, of
2: course. Um, so we. Um Goodness, we now have a team, there are three within the team that work with me. Um, We started bringing our team members on around about 18 months. The first people that we brought into the business were people to help with installs because the number of installs were picking up, um, there was only one of me and there was only so many that I could turn out in in a week. So by bringing um, stages into the team to help with the installs really helped to make sure that we were able to keep up with the demand. Um, which also then gave me the opportunity to kind of step back and look at the business from kind of a higher level um, and continue with kind of more sales and marketing. Um, And then kind of moving down that, we brought in an administrator um, who has really helped to kind of set up the structures and make sure that the business is kind of running like clockwork in the same way with the same processes, um, which has been really effective. So we've got three within the team. Uh, We have a warehouse. Um, which is actually a 17th century barn in Hampshire, um, which is absolutely beautiful. Um, It overlooks a golf course. It's full of all of our inventory. Um, I'd love to be able to tell you how much furniture we've got off the top of our head, but I don't even know. I think we probably own about 20 houses worth of furniture, which we just rotate um, I know we have well over 500 plastic apples. If if
1: that yeah. helps. <laughs> well, that's a that's not one that I've heard before. But one of the things that Phoebe, my wife, likes to say is she'd love to know how many cushions we own. Oh
2: goodness, yeah, cushions, apples, plants. It's uh yeah, there are a lot of them. But we have our have our warehouse. Um, and when I started the journey in home staging, I never really. Um, I never imagined that I would get to the point where the business had so much inventory. Um, and it just felt like it got to it really organically, because as we were getting more jobs in, we were needing to invest in more of the furniture. Um, and it's probably only now, two years in, that we're in this comfortable position that we can rotate the furniture, which then makes the business more profitable. Um, on top of our warehouse, we've also got an office, which is our admin office, which really is a good hub for us to be able to drive for business. Um, and the property staged, I think we have staged forty-one properties, um, of which 80% have sold within just six weeks.
1: Great, great numbers. That's the sort of um, statistics I think that help tell the story. Um, and I'm sure that you do that. I, I wanted to actually ask you, cause you mentioned earlier your HR background um, mm-hmm. and that you've been building your team in the the recent kind of last 12 months in particular. Um, I guess I'm trying to figure out what my question is because I know that some people who kind of this is not necessarily a home staging specific um, issue. It's it's a small business one, and a lot of people are very hesitant to bring on people in their business. Um, partly because obviously it's a responsibility. You know, you're you're now looking after the the livelihood of somebody else and their family. Um, and if your business doesn't support them, then there's going to be issues there. But it's also, I guess, a risk. Thing, or maybe it's a, people are a little bit risk-averse and worried about that big cost that kind of sits as an overhead that you have to look after. So how do you think about building a business? Were you hesitant to bring that first person on or was it a, an easy decision to make?
2: No, you know, you would have thought it would be an easy decision having always done HR recruitment and seen the benefit, but heck, it was hard. Um, from an emotional perspective, there was a real um, – there was just a real moment where I thought like, wow, actually my business has got to succeed now because somebody else is heavily dependent on, on like my business to run. Um, I would liken it to having your first child, you know, and all of a sudden you have just this person to look after and it's really important that you remember to feed them and it's important to, make sure the house is kind of together because you are now responsible for this person. That is exactly how I felt. It was a sudden feeling of overwhelm like, okay, this isn't just me. Um, and also on the other side of that, there was this sudden feeling of, well, actually, if this person takes on all of the parts of my role, what do I do? And it's it's only really now because so I've had my team with me for, for well over six months. And It's only really now that I think, okay, I'm starting to learn about what my strengths are within the business and the bits that I love to do and actually where all the other elements of the business sit within the rest of my team. Um, But there was a point where I thought, actually, if I give this person social media and if I give this person installs and if I give this person inventory, what do I do? It kind of made me feel a bit redundant for a bit. It's
1: an interesting I guess, point as a business owner that as your business grows, your role definitely changes. And um, even in a small business sense, you know, thinking about big business that scale up and moving from a founder to eventually CEO where you're you're not in the detail but you're kind of more managing from a a high-level point of view. But from a small business, even that one person you bring in changes your role significantly, like you said. And I was just having this
2: conversation with my team um, just yesterday because we were talking about kind of how their roles are changing how kind of as the business grows everything changes and evolves with the business but it kind of is the same with like a founder's job description to start with your job is absolutely everything and then as the business grows you start to strip away some of those areas but they get replaced with other things because as the business grows we kind of the other elements of the role also start to kind of grow with it as well um so what i'm finding is when i started i used to, you know i really enjoyed installation days that's what i was driven to do um but actually yeah, what i'm driven to do now is really grow our brand in ways that i wouldn't have even considered two years ago
1: were your second and third hires any easier
2: um, my, so, my second, my first and second, so my first was probably the hardest, my second was okay, my third... Um, was because it was an admin role, that also felt quite challenging um, because it was different and also she came in on a full-time basis. So if anything, had a bit more responsibility. Um, Also given the timing of, she came in in August, September time. So we were kind of coming out of lockdown, but then straight back into another one. I think that with itself had its own COVID COVID complications. Um, However, looking back on it, I don't know how I would do anything without my team behind me. So I think from a business perspective, one of the things that I would kind of recommend to people kind of early on starting their business, if they know that they want to progress their business to a small business rather than just a kind of a sole trader and kind of working alone, is think about how you can start leveraging out some of your smaller tasks to help you grow the business so that you get used to kind of giving that responsibility away.
1: Okay, a bit of a hypothetical question now that you've built a little bit of a team over, like I said, the, the last kind of 6, 12 months um, and you're continuing to grow, what are you yeah. thinking in terms of, you know, looking over, the, say, the next 12 months or, or beyond, what do you, well, as you sit here right now, again, this is a kind of a hypothetical so you won't necessarily have the answer, but what is your next one or two hires going to look like for your business, do you think?
2: Sales will be my next hire, I think. So apart from potentially bringing in, um, I think more immediately, um, we may bring in somebody else on the staging side or somebody on more of a logistics side um, on a casual basis, but our next kind of full-time hire will be somebody sales-focused. So we've um, recently split our brand two ways so that we could make sure we were effective communicating to our two main sets of key clients so on one side we have our homeowners so who um, work with little barn door um, and they um our homeowners they need reassurance they want support they want to be able to sell their home but actually there's a bit more of an emotional tie to what they need they need somebody who can really help them and support them through the whole process and then on the other side we've got our property developers Um, who are supported by our other brand, which is the Show Home Project. Um, And they just really want a a show home and design service that is going to reflect their brand and get results. So the message between the two of them are very, very different. Our team at the moment are very effective at working with with homeowners because we, we kind of deliver that voice Um, and that understanding and compassion Um, and at the moment I lead kind of sales on the development side and developers so I feel like our next big move will be to bring in somebody who is um, maybe from a property background an ex-estate agent or developer um, who can then help to really champion sales on the developer side for us.
1: Brilliant. I like that. Um, I'm going to start wrapping it up. I know I've kept you a little while. Uh, I have a few rapid fire questions that I'm going to finish on. Uh, And as I always say, these are rapid fire questions, but you can answer them as rapidly or not as you would like to. Uh, So the first one is, what is one of the best or most worthwhile investments that you've made in that is in the form of time, money, energy, or anything like that?
2: Yeah, I invested in, at the tail end of this the summer lockdown for us, um, I invested in scale-up training, so how to take my business from um, like five figures, six figures, seven figures.
1: Was that, sorry, I shouldn't do follow-up questions. I always, I can't help myself. Um, was that something that I guess has changed the way you've thought about the team and, and, you know, when we're talking about hires and bringing on more people, I imagine something like a scale-up training course would would definitely focus on something like that?
2: Yeah, what that's helped me to do is really look at the business as a business rather than just as something that I've set up that I love. So it's helped me to really depersonalise kind of my connection with Little Barn Door and see it as how I'm going to grow it as a bigger entity.
1: Okay, great. Um, What advice do you wish you'd received when you started your business?
2: Oh, I wish somebody had said to me, do not compare yourself to somebody else's business journey. Um, The amount of time that I had spent kind of waking up in the night, looking on Instagram, looking at other stages who are maybe five years into their journey, seeing what they're doing and worrying that I wasn't doing that part to my business or that I hadn't had that many installs, and it actually, what has served me better is just to be me and just to do my business, um, because that's made me more unique. It's made it really authentic, and I just wish that somebody from the outset had said, "Do not compare yourself, Natalie, to somebody else's kind of middle and end. Like start the business authentic to your business."
1: Great advice. Uh, and on the opposite side of things, what's a bad piece of advice or recommendation that you sometimes hear in the homesteading industry?
2: Oh, um, not necessarily in the home staging industry, but with the estate agent world, empty homes sell faster because they look bigger is probably the worst piece of advice that I have ever heard that I consistently hear.
1: Is that, do you think you hear that mostly from agents?
2: Yeah, agents or developers. Um, But also just generally, I think homeowners also have that perspective. I think people think that by literally showing available floor space, it will help people to see the available floor space. Whereas in reality, kind of people within our industry, we know that by being able to create a space as it would be used, gives people that reassurance, that emotional connection and really reflects the true kind of true
1: state of the space fair enough I like that as well that's um it's kind of an education piece or going back to like you said before um agents kind of looking at you when you were trying to kind of get your foot in the door early and basically saying you know thanks but no thanks I think that's a, a larger or a more broader example I guess um of the same thing you know people not quite understanding the benefits of home staging yeah
2: yeah no absolutely
1: All right, uh, Natalie, I'm going to wrap things up. I appreciate you coming on, but there is one last question, and that is for those listening, if they want to have a look at what you've got going on, follow you on social media, what's the best place or best uh, way to do that? Yeah,
2: so we are on Instagram So if you have a look for just at little bundle or alternatively, I have a personal profile on Instagram, which is I am Natalie underscore LBD. So that's me kind of on my business journey. So find out kind of what what I'm up to, any tips in the industry uh, to help grow your home staging career.
1: And for the listeners, if you have any follow-up questions, something that I should have asked but didn't, uh, that's probably the best way. Go and ask Natalie and uh, tag me in it because I'd like to know as well. All right, Natalie, thanks again for coming on. Uh, I said it's your morning, so now you have to go and and do a day of work, whereas I get to close up for the day. But uh, (laughs) thanks, and uh, we'll have to get you on again one time.
2: Amazing. It's been so amazing to speak to you, and thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks. Have a great one.
2: Have a great day.
0: That's it. That's the podcast for this week. Have a great day.